0: Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast. The podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kivowitz. Welcome to episode 54. My name is Scott Wyden-Kivowitz and I'm joined by my guest, Esther DeBoer. (laughs) <laughs> Esther is the founder of Shootzilla, a workflow tool for photographers where they manage their clients and all their recurring tasks with ease. She's also a business coach for photographers and loves to help people achieve more in less time and with more fun. Uh, Esther, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you. We recently connected on Instagram, so it's it nice to be able to get you on the show um, You know, fairly, fairly quick. And also, you're like... We're in a very different time zones, yes. so this was a little tricky to get us uh, to get us synced up the right way. But but I'm glad we were able to make it work with some moving things around. But uh, so welcome.
1: Thanks, thanks for having me, Scott. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, so before we dive into what's going on with you and Shootzilla, uh, let's talk about some WordPress photography related news. First, Imagely, uh, the company behind this podcast, officially recommends Imageify as the WordPress image compression plugin of choice. We went through, or I should say I went through, <laughs> um, all the most popular image compression plugins. I spent one month testing all of the plugins extensively, and I did this big roundup article about it and compared what's good and bad for photographers in each of these uh, most popular ones. And I even compared it to JPEG Mini, which is a you know photographer's choice for um for for computer for desktop image compression for windows and and mac and at the end of the day we found that imageify was the ideal choice and it was also the closest to jpeg mini as far as not overcompressing and a beautiful a beautiful user experience and things like that so uh, we are proud to actually partner with Imageify for this. And so now, right inside of NextGen Gallery, if you don't have an image compression plugin installed, you can install uh, Imageify with one click. It'll install and activate it. You can then sign up for Imageify, and it will compress anything you upload to the media library and also anything you upload to NextGen Gallery as well. So there's an article we'll link to in the show notes that talks more about this and actually what it means for you as a NextGen Gallery user, what it actually means as far as compressing. Uh, your front end images, not compressing your backups, which is important, and things like that. So we talk all about that. Next is WooCommerce. If anybody's using WooCommerce, they just released a big update, which actually reduces the requirement for theme compatibility. This is huge because WooCommerce has always been um, forced, you've been forced to use a theme that is compatible with WooCommerce. And if you didn't, you'll get an error saying it's not compatible. It'll still work, but it won't look right. So they're starting the process of reducing the requirement for theme, re- for theme compatibility. It still requires theme compatibility, but it's less required. Uh, less of the templates are required to be compatible. And hopefully as they keep putting pushing out these updates, it'll make it less and less required to, to, to the point where eventually it doesn't matter what theme you're using. That would be the ideal thing for WooCommerce to do. And last, uh, our friends at Smart Slides, has just added something that was talked about in episode 38 and that is beat matching. So now if you create a slide a slideshow video in Smart Slides, you can actually choose the audio you want and turn on beat matching and it tells you if you need to upload more images or remove some images to make it so that it actually the the images change along with the music automatically. So you don't have to just set you know three second intervals or four second, it'll automatically do it depending on the song that you're using and that's a beautiful feature it was talked about literally on episode 38 of the podcast this is now episode 54 so it's been a while but they got it out it's a big big feature i'm really happy for the for the team at smart slides for this uh, achievement so good job guys um all right so esther what is new with you with shootzilla what's
1: going on in your world all right well, maybe a, a short introduction of of what Shutzilla actually is, because people probably have no yeah. idea. Um, <clears throat> imagine this: you have done like three weddings in a row, and you come back, and your head is like filled with all the to dos and all the emails that are coming in from from new shoots and new clients, and you just don't know where to start. And you're like, okay, I just have to edit all my weddings and get it over it, and Imagine then this scenario that you come home, you still have the same three weddings, you do all your backups, but you just open your your Macintosh or whatever you're using and you see this neat dashboard where you see all your green lights from all your jobs that are still going on and you know that you're actually good to go. You only have to click one little icon to send out an email for a questionnaire or something, but you're good and all your clients are managed you know exactly that they are managed because you know your workflow in detail. And that's basically what Chutilla does for clients. So it's managing their workflow with all the little tasks that come between inquiry till all the way at the end of the final delivery of the images. So, and, um, well, what's new, we're, we're doing new features every month. So nothing real big and fancy at the moment. What is new for me is that I'm also working on a little online course, how to blog successfully for photographers, so that's new with me.
0: Yeah, that's something that we've talked about a lot on, on on the show. Is is what photographers should blog about, and what kind of blogging workflow should you have, and how to come up with topic ideas and things like that. And a lot of photographers are still scared of blogging, so so hopefully your your the course you're building will uh, help. You know, ease their minds and make it easier for them to to actually start the process or or bring back the process if they've used to do it in the past. So yeah, um, I can't wait. I can't wait to see you launch that because that'll be a really good for photographers. There's never enough, you know, business related courses out there for photographers. Yeah, I because know. there's so much, you know, there's so much of the of the equipment and technical non business side of photography in, as far as courses go. So the industry needs more business related, yeah. you know, courses and topics and, and sort of it things, needs so. to
1: make it easy. That's what I'm saying about. Um, I want to help photographers achieve more and less time and with more fun. That's really important to me because I know when yeah. your head is full of the things that you want to think about and you don't want to forget and this and that. And, and then suddenly you have it all in a system. It's like mind blowing for people and they are getting so happy with that. So that's what I want to achieve with blogging as well make it really easy and like really natural. So yeah, you you mentioned that and that's definitely something that I pay a lot of attention to. And next to that, I also pay a lot of attention to how to actually blog with um, return on investment of your time. Because there's a lot of time going into your blog. You have to select all the images, write a little text, Whatever method you choose and how to do it, you want to have some return on investment. So we go yeah, we go deep a, into that.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that a lot of photographers are skeptical over because they could be doing so much with their with their quote unquote free time yeah. of of you know for the, for their business activity. Why is blogging important? To me, blogging is essential as a business uh, marketing tool, and it's just a matter of each photographer finding out. You know what? It, why? What is the ROI, the return on investment, for their time blogging, for their specific business? Because the ROI is going to be different for a wedding photographer versus a, you know, a, a boudoir photographer versus a commercial photographer. So they, everybody has to find their own. So uh, are you going to be helping them uh, to determine their ROI, or just sort of teach them about what the ROI could be?
1: I'm going to uh, teach them what the ROI could be and help them uh, mm-hmm. take the steps. You know, very practical, take the steps to get results from your blogs. Great. Yeah.
0: Great. Um, so let's talk about some blogging stuff right now. So you are a fan of using a sidebar on a blog. Now, I, about three years ago, completely removed my sidebar. And so I'm, and I've I've been, you know, I, I'm using other methods of, of, doing, of getting people to book me to get more leads and things like that. So I'm really curious, and I'm sure that all the photographers listening or watching that have a sidebar would love to learn about how they could use their sidebar that right now may be doing nothing for them in order to, to increase booking. So tell us about some of that kind of fun stuff.
1: Yeah. So first of all, I want you to get in the, in the frame of mind of your visitor. And usually the visitor from your blog it's like someone from Google who typed in a keyword like getting married in blah, 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 or, you know, uh, a wedding in and then a wedding venue. So it's that's what they call a long term keyword. And that's what people type into Google. Now, they come to your blog from the Google search engine where there are multiple results. So you only have one shot at hooking this customer on your blog page. So that's why I think it's super important to treat your blog page like some kind of a, a very simple homepage where you really want to hook your customer. Now, and how do you do that? The old situation or people that don't have sidebars <laughs> and don't have all the tricks that you are using, Scott, they they usually see a long list of photos and they love it. And then they come to the end. And in the worst scenarios, there's nothing. There's no footer. Right. There's nothing. So they just close the tab and go on to the next Google search engine result, which is what I would do.
0: Yep. You know, it's funny. Uh, so I run the uh, a Facebook group called WordPress for, for photographers. And the past three weeks now, I've been doing um, one to two, sometimes even three or four website critiques oh,
1: yeah. I love that for, line.
0: for members of the groups. And it's, it's so funny how often that comes up. as yeah. like, well, I'm so many images, so many images. And then, and imagery, we own, we own Best of Wedding Photography, and tons of wedding photographers are doing the same thing. Um, so yeah, I, I see it all the time, and it you know, kind of drives me bonkers, but you, know, <laughs> you, you you give feedback when you can. So yeah. anyway, so and keep going. Sorry to interrupt.
1: <laughs> well, what I, what I always advise to people is to use that sidebar as some kind of little homepage. So you tell something about yourself, not that you're a photographer, because people already know that. So you put your your headshot there, not behind the camera, because people already know you're a photographer. Let them get to know you. Let them get to actually feel emotions when they see you. If you're a man or a wife, or how do you say that? A girl or boy, (laughs) they want to know who they're dealing with, a little bit of a bio, what you do, what is special about you, what you like, and people can have that instant click with you. If you like dogs or yoga, people who have dogs and yoga will like you more. It's just scientifically proven. So <laughs> use that sidebar and get those people that visiting your website, get them to say yes, yes, yes. That's what you want. And uh, there are more elements that you can put on your sidebar. Um, anyone who has re- read the book um, from uh, Chialdini Influence, knows that people are influenced by social proof. So put one or two testimonials there with real faces, a real image of a real couple or a shoot that you did from a family with the testimonial. Social proof. If you say from yourself, about yourself, that you're good doesn't mean nearly as much as when a real client says the same thing.
0: You know, it's um, one thing that that is talked about a lot in in a lot of photography education is weddings. So I sometimes every so often whenever possible when something like this comes up, I like to try to bring in a different niche. And so I'm going to relate what you just said into pet photography because I have something in my head that I think will yeah. make sense to anybody listening who does pets photography. One thing that I would do if I was a pet photographer or a, you know a family portrait photographer who always incorporated the the pets. Yeah. If that was my niche, whatever it is, animals is instead of a headshot what I would do and instead of just social proof, what I would do is each of the of the testimonials would be a photo that my assistant or my wife or whoever it is, took a picture of me shaking the dog's hand. Right. And every time it rotated, it was me shaking a different dog's hand, just going paw, you know, and that is is your connection to the owner's pet that is showing that you make a connection, you're good with the animal. And if there's a testimonial attached to it, you now have that from the actual pet owner that you can connect more with whoever is browsing your site. So you can make it more than just a headshot. You can incorporate real world emotion and connection into whatever you're doing in that, in that sidebar.
1: Yeah, that's so, brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. Because pet owners, yeah. that would be like one of the objections of pet owners what if he doesn't like my dog? (laughs) Right. Yeah. And you take that objection straight out of there. So that's great. Yep. Yeah. And a couple more things that you can do, like um, people want to have, people want to know you're credible. So you can offer some logos for credibility. Maybe you're a member of an association. Maybe your work has been published. Just put those logos there and you have instant credibility. Just like that. Yep. And That's like true. I said, when you browse all the way down and there's nothing to go to, you want to have a call to action there. You want to have a, a means for people, a method for how they can follow you, how they can stay in touch. Maybe they're not ready to buy yet, but maybe they can follow you on Facebook or subscribe to your email newsletter. letter.
0: For sure. For sure. Um so here's a question for you. Speaking of when earlier when you said, you know, as you scroll down, there's a large list of, uh, of images, right? There's a giant list of images. And many of the times the photographers don't put any context with it. They just do <coughs> images. Um, in the sidebar, in most WordPress themes, the way that are designed, the sidebar is fixed in position. Like it's up at the top. And it doesn't stay... As you scroll, you lose the sidebar, right? Yeah. At some point, depending on how many images you have, you'll lose the sidebar. Not I mean like lose it, but like it's just yeah, out it's of out view because yeah. it goes back to the top. So, do you recommend for, for when somebody's using a theme like this to use a plugin that will fix it in place so it's always visible as you scroll?
1: Yeah, that would be per- perfect. I didn't even know oh. such a plugin existed, but yes. For oh, sure.
0: okay. So, so the one that I've used whenever I've come into this sort of situation where it was needed. So, for example, um, unrelated to photography, my family is uh, in the process of adopting our second child, and the website that I built for our adoption actually uses a plugin called Q2W3, and I will be sure to link to this in the show notes. Q2W3 fixed widget. And basically, uh, all you all it does is it adds a little checkbox called fixed widget inside of every widget that is available on your site. And you drag that into your sidebar and check that fixed widget checkbox, hit save, and now your widget will stay in position. There's also settings for the plugin, so if you're finding that it's a little, you know, it's scrolling at the wrong time or, or they fix at the wrong time, or it's being weird on mobile. You can adjust some of the settings to make it, you know, fine-tuned for your devices and your and your website, your theme, and so on. But um, it's a very, it's got a hundred thousand active users. It's a very popular plugin. So I'll be sure to link that in the show notes so you can check it out if that's something uh, you're interested in.
1: I like it. I will check it yeah. out. <laughs>
0: um. So so let's talk about. Uh, so that that was great about sidebar. There's a lot of great juicy information there. Let's talk about. Cons- uh, Consistency with blogging. So, Rachel Conley, who was the original co-host of the show, and Christine Tremelay, who actually named WordPress, uh, they both have come been on the show talking about blogging consistency. So, I'd love to hear your feedback on it, your uh, lessons you've learned, and and any advice that you have on it, any um, real world scenarios you might have about how it's helped being consistent. Uh, on your blog.
1: Yeah. So for me, what worked was adding it to my workflow. So just create one task is to blog the shoot, whatever shoot it was to blog it. And in, in another, you can do it in two ways. You can either have your, your blog. um, How do you call that? Editorial uh, strategy. Like I want to blog every week. I don't want to blog three times a week. So, and you can plot out your subjects in a month's time, or you can say, I want to blog every shoot and I'll just include it in my workflow. could be either way. And when I did my, uh, because I was a wedding photographer a couple years back when I did my, uh, shoots, I always had the same format and I used to send a survey to my clients where they would answer all my questions and i just used a lot of those answers in my blog so it was really easy because the the images from the blog were also used as a preview sneak preview on facebook so they were used in multiple ways so i was leveraging my time and then i used the answers from the survey in the blog so it was also leveraging of my time by using their answers So for me, just including it in in my workflow and creating a system out of it, when I notice I'm doing something repetitive, I always start to think, like, how can I make this faster? How can I make this smarter? And sometimes I had no inspiration to talk about the day or how everything went. So I figured out a solution for that and I asked my clients. So that's how I did it. But there's also a way to just... Uh, be more creative because I don't consider that the most creative way to blog but it did work (laughs) especially for SEO it's just great you do all those weddings or shoots it's great for SEO but if you want to be more creative and really be more editorial you can go that route and you just figure out uh, subjects ahead of time and then you just collect your images from that like the 10 cutest blonde brides from December. It could be just one subject and you can just think of different subjects I, I have a whole section in my course of course where you think of how to subjects how to pick the best venue for your wedding etc all these topics. You can come up with that with the topics ahead of time yep. and then every, every time you come across an image you know you'll include it So you do the work, you prep the work ahead of time as well
0: You know, and and, uh, what you were just talking about, these sort of like mini guides, is something that I talked about in the last episode, episode 53, talking about um, something that I've been working on, a course I've been working on called the lead generation machine. And anybody who's ever been doing these guides already in the past, you already have a head start towards creating a really, really awesome lead generation tool that you could use and automatically start boosting your leads that you get, which then will help boost your booking. So. Uh, I'm gonna link to that episode episode 53 um, just so you can get a reminder if you if you missed that episode or whatnot uh, but uh, but yeah so so uh, those are great things these like mini guides um, you know so do you just, offer uh, the,
1: did you offer the mini guides as a download or just on your website?
0: <clears throat> so so the uh, part of the lead generation machine is actually creating a download but yeah. it would be more than just you know a blog post as a download. it's um, a little bit more. A little bit more advanced than that. It's a sort of a um, taking a bunch of little guides and making them as one giant guide. So you've got you have all these um, uh, all these different blog posts that anybody can access any But if they want it all in one shot, if they don't have if they didn't see the previous articles, then they can get it um, all these all of them in one PDF uh, or even just as a website that is uh, yeah. sort of you know hidden that uh, gets you the leads. And then there's the process of then you know, nurturing those leads, of course. So there's a there's a whole yeah. variety of things that go into it, but...
1: Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. I teach that so. too.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So um, what is your sort of go-to recommendation for photographers nervous about blogging to what is the consistent uh, consistency sort of timing that you recommend for photographers that are still on the fence on of uh, on blogging.
1: You mean how often should they blog?
0: Yeah, yep.
1: Yeah, I think it really depends on how much time you wanna allocate for it. I don't think there's like a magic bullet for mm-hmm. you have to blog one time a week, especially in the different niches of photography. I think it matters as well. I, I always said at least one time a week is great, but hey, I can't look into your, I mean, I better have one quality blog every two weeks or three weeks than three Mm -hmm. half-assed blogs, you know, with images and no personal attention into it. I always like something personal from the author to shine through in the text or in the selection or in anything that they can put into the blog that makes a blog special for me so I can get to know the author.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my, uh, my usual recommendation for anybody that's, that's just getting started is um, at a minimum, once a month. But the ideal is once a month is something really juicy, something that is yeah. just took you a lot of time, you know, to, to create that is well thought out, well crafted and and has a high chance of converting people into leads and then drips throughout the month and it's still consistent. So like, for example you every Wednesday you're putting out uh, if, if this one Wednesday the, the first Wednesday of the month you're putting out this juicy article, every other Wednesday could be something lighter you know a recent session of, of uh, you know a sample from a recent session and about the session something that is still good for your for your c- potential clients to view and your current clients to view but something that is less less juicy something that is just you know keeping the con- the, the, the content flowing, and keeping you in the mindset of, hey, I still have to create blog content, but yep. something that, that might take you like 30 minutes to do rather than, you know, four hours, for example. Um, so, that's usually my Yeah, my and go-to. also...
1: Yeah, yeah, go on. And also, um, people should really pay some attention and some time to the promotion of their blog. So, that's also a thing that I'm big on in including it in a workflow, if you do the workflow include it, promote it, promote the hell out of it, send it to your vendors, send it to your clients, send it to everywhere, post it on social media at least a couple of times. People don't see it the first time. yep. Because otherwise all that works for nothing. (laughs) Or for the Google visitors who will only see it after a while, you know? But it still builds up, so that's good.
0: Yeah, especially with with the Facebook algorithm and the Instagram algorithm now, it's, uh, you know, a, a, an article that you post on Facebook today may not c- get seen for a week. Possibly. You know, yeah. there's a chance it may get not get seen for a week. And on Instagram, that's starting to happen as well. The, you know, you're not mm-hmm. seeing it in the chronological order anymore. So, one thing that I recommend doing on Instagram is I when I post an article that has multiple photos in it, that that article is being posted on Instagram via buffer more than once. It's being posted... You know, how however many times I have a photo in the article, practically, which I only do like two to four at most in my articles, but the that article is being posted on Instagram with each photo individually, not as a gallery of Instagram, but I'm posting it today with the first photo. Tomorrow, same post, different photo. The next day, same post, a different photo, and so on. And yeah. that way you're getting your you're getting your images out on Instagram too, with hopefully good hashtags and um and the content is being seen and multiple photos are being seen just not as an instagram gallery you don't always have to do an instagram gallery although those are good to do every so often as well so
1: yeah sure yeah i do Um, the same thing
0: (laughs) (laughs) good stuff um so let's let's move into uh your recommended wordpress plugins or themes what um I see in, in our show notes document, you've got a bunch to recommend. Can you talk about uh, your, some of the design qualities that you like in, in whatever theme you're recommending?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I already talked about the sidebar. So that's mm-hmm. why I also loved the Imagely theme lightly. Mm-hmm. Because it has this really, I like the light feel. Our, our images from our wedding photography were also really bright and light. So this theme would match that perfectly and it has the sidebar in the blog and I'm sure you can change that with the other themes, but I'm not yep. sure. Yep. Yeah. So I really love that. I'm also a big fan of the Yoast plugins because it's great for SEO optimization. And people who are not familiar with SEO, you probably already did a lot of podcasts about that, but with Yoast, it's so easy because you can just follow their lead. You just install the plugin. And then after that, you just follow their recommendations step by step, and then you have green green traffic lights, meaning your blog is optimized. And it really helped me when I was uh, optimizing my website for SEO. Great. And the uh, the Imagely Lightroom plugin, that's like a dream. I mean, <laughs> doing it straight from Lightroom to WordPress, that saves so much time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I,
1: yeah. Definitely, <laughs> I'm over. I'm over time saving, like I already mentioned. So
0: yeah, yeah, I'm a big. I'm a big fan of time saving as well. Workflows are everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. and right now for Shootzilla, I'm using um, a Thrive theme, a set of plugins, and it's great. And I think a lot of them would make a lot of sense for photographers as well. So I, I mentioned the A/B testing for landing pages. Now, people who don't know what a landing page is, it's basically Like your homepage, but you can create like different landing pages for different situations. You just uh, take out the menu. So people just land on your page and then they see your offer. It's great, for example, to create a landing page for your Facebook ads, because then people will definitely see your offer. And that could be like your lead generation uh, book that you can download. And another one is Ultimatum, Thrive Ultimatum, and in that one you can create time-sensitive promotions. So you see the little counter on the bottom, clicking them, time, and if you do mini sessions, you want to have them booked before a certain date, because after that execution begins. So it's great for that type of things, combined with the landing page, A-B testing, so you can test one landing page with the other and see which one converts better. I mean, it's so easy. They just released the A-B testing like last week. Nice. And I set up A-B testing of my most downloaded freebie in like less than a minute. So easy was it. So I'm not super technical. So Mm -hmm. if I can do it, people can do it. And another one is Ovation. I don't know if you know it, but uh, you get all these testimonials. Like people say on Facebook, oh my gosh, your images are great. Thank you so much. Blah, blah, blah. And with the Ovation uh, plugin, you can change Facebook comments to an actual testimonial on your website.
0: So it actually will import them and convert (coughs) them to, wow, nice.
1: Yeah, and it has a whole workflow included where you can ask the original person for permission to use it as a testimonial. So nice one. And also you can just send an email to a form where people can add their testimonial. And give you, you like a whole database of testimonials, which you can then use in your landing pages again. So, super simple.
0: So, are these um, are, are the, the Thrive Themes plugins, can they be used with any theme or do they have to be used with the yeah. Thrive Theme?
1: No, they can be used with other themes mm-hmm. as good.
0: well. Nice, that's good to yeah. know. Um, yeah. So I'll be linking to all of this in the show notes. Uh, Yoast SEO has been talked about a lot on the podcast, so I'm probably yeah, going to link imagine. to one of those episodes just so you, you can listen to another episode. But <laughs> but everything else, I'll link to the to the links in, uh, to those products in the show notes. Um, so now is an opportunity for you to ask the listeners. So if you're listening, listen up. This is an opportunity for you to ask one of uh, all the listeners a question that you would like for them to answer. And the answers will be done in the show notes uh, the, the, of the episode at uh, imagery.com slash podcast slash 54 or on the YouTube channel uh, as in a comment on the, this episode's YouTube video. So what question would you like to ask the listeners?
1: All right. Well, I gave you already some tips on how to systematize your blogging, how to make it easier. And I go way deeper in that in the course. But I would love to know. I hear from a lot of photographers like there's so much um, backlog on my shoots to blog and I'm just not getting into it and they have some kind of hurdle in blogging. So I would love to know what is your biggest thing that's keeping you stuck? What is When, you're, when you put it on your to-do list to get a blog out, what's the thing that's keeping you from not doing it? So I would love to hear your answers for that, and awesome. hopefully I can include it in my course as well.
0: Awesome. So uh, I'm going to link to, you know, your website uh, and your blogging system, and you also have a free workflow chart. So I'm going to link to all of that in the show notes. Um, shootzilla.com, and I'll also link to the rest of the uh, of the of the links as well as everything else that was talked about in this episode. Thank you, Esther, for joining us today. You can find the show notes. And where to find Esther at imagely.com slash podcast slash 54. Until next time. Awesome.
1: Thanks, Scott. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.